0: You have to text me before anything gets sexual on a date And the person responding says Okay, great, I'll be sure to try and find a loophole To that as soon as I can
1: (laughs) If you're happy with the same old
0: ways of dating If
2: you enjoy sucking at communication
0: And you have no desire to improve your romantic life Then our podcast might not be for you
2: But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas To deepen your current relationships Broaden your sexual horizons Develop a better understanding of yourself Or
0: learn more about non-monogamy Then you've come to the right place I'm Jay I'm Emily
2: and I'm Dedeker.
0: And this is the multi amory Podcast. I know I did,
1: forcing me to form
0: to fix. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about agreement pitfalls. These are common agreements that people make in non-monogamous relationships that seem solid on the surface, but may actually cause problems in the long run, or be hiding some kind of emotional manipulation. Mm,
1: mm -hmm. But first, the lovely Kenzie, who is a $15 patron of ours, wanted to do a shout out to the one and only Mr. Will McMillan for his birthday... (laughs) Which Absolutely. is ironically right before Jason's. Yeah, correct? our birthdays
0: are one day apart. I just nice. found out. Yeah. So yours is July 9th and his is July 8th? Or something. I don't know. Probably shouldn't give away a bunch of his personal, his information. personal information. Also, <laughs> his social security <laughs> is.
1: No. Oh, come on. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Yes.
2: McMillan, <laughs> congratulations on getting a year older. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: Uh happy birthday. To happy Will. birthday
2: to Will. We yeah. do appreciate everything that you do. Um if you are also a fifteen dollar patro
0: mm-hmm.
2: and want to give a shout out or something on the show, uh reach out to us because that's part of your perk as being a fifty fifteen dollar patron. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show.
0: Oh yes. Okay we ready to get into this?
2: I am. Yes. And I'm a little uncomfortable because this isn't exactly a happy topic, but I think it's important to it's address this. It's an important this. one, though. Yeah. Yeah. We did
1: a happy topic last week. That's It's true. time to get back into the meat of it. Back into the <laughs>
2: dark swamp. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, okay. Yes. So, let's start by saying that we've come up with a list of five of the most common agreements that we have come across, either in our own relationships in the past or with people that we have dated or considered dating. uh, And then also people who are clients or who've talked to us about their relationships, that these are some pretty common ones. This is not comprehensive. You may find that uh, you may realize there's something in your life that's similar or has elements of these. That's not just these. I mean, these are not the only, these are not the only troubling agreements that people can make.
2: Definitely, but the common thread in a lot of these is, like Jay said at the beginning of the episode, they actually seem like a good idea mm-hmm. at first, and that's and, why they're so common, actually.
0: And some people will even suggest them to you mm-hmm. as, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is a, a healthy way of of
2: Just making agreements or structuring right. your relationship,
1: something like that." Right? Yeah, to try to create the illusion of safety within a relationship.
2: Yeah, that's and it is reasons, interesting. Yeah.
1: Because these tend to be relatively hierarchical
0: as well.
2: Mm, Sometimes. I I will
0: say, I have seen these, for the most part, with relationships that were monogamous that have since Mm -hmm. opened up. I, I tend to see these the most often in those relationships. Or... Uh, In relationships that do have a more clearly established hierarchy, such as Mm -hmm. people who are married or people who live together, that these tend to be more prevalent in those relationships. Not exclusive to those, Mm -hmm. but I have noticed that's where these come up the most.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, What comes to mind is the (laughs) phrase that the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. Because Mm -hmm. I feel on this show, we've already spent a lot of time talking about how we don't agree with setting up a bunch of really strict rules in your relationships, how we don't necessarily agree with having super strict hierarchy. But yeah. now it's going more into the details of these gray areas with agreements, where mm-hmm. even in an established relationship where you go like, okay, yeah, I get it, like no harsh rules, or we're not going to do the common ones like veto power or... Or things right. similar in that nature, but these ones can just be like a little coercive, a little manipulative. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Or, or, or could just cause problems later on.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's let's get into this. No, dive in. Uh, so the very first one here is uh, there's a few different ways that this can look, but basically it goes like this: that we have to do the same kind of dating as each other. Mm-hmm. So what that could mean is. You know, coming from the swinging world, it would be we can both date casually, but but you can't Mm -hmm. fall in love with somebody, for example, or you can't, you know, have anyone that you see more than once a month or some kind of thing like that. And then on the other side could be, well, we can't have any casual relationships that you can't have any kind of casual sex. Everything has to be with the intention of building some longer relationship. Mm
2: -hmm. I think people who listen to our multi-amory answers your questions episode, this will Mm -hmm. sound familiar Because we did get a question about, well, I want to have more serious relationships. My husband wants all of our other relationships to be more casual, but I don't really like casual relationships. How do we see eye to eye on this?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other way this can look, just to cover this before we get into it a little bit more, is uh, the other one that you can only go on a date when I go on a date. Mm -hmm. But it can look a few different ways of trying to force things to be equal in one way or another
1: yeah yeah i was gonna say it kind of creates this illusion of equanimity and that all of a sudden all of your problems are going to be i guess solved if you two are equal in the way in which you date or the amount of people that you date or the amount of time that you spend dating other people
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah Yeah, and i think an important takeaway if If this kind of agreement is present in one of one or more of your relationships, or this is an agreement that you're considering making, just remember that, first of all, things don't have to look exactly equal on both sides or look exactly even on both sides of your relationship, you know, um, of course, in the instance where it's, well, I can only go on a date if you're going on a date, mm-hmm. um, that's freaking impossible to coordinate in reality. <laughs> like, freaking impossible. Um,
0: uh, I mean, aside from it being difficult, from what I've seen, it usually ends up with one partner being put at a significant disadvantage to the other. Uh, the way I've, I've seen this go down is there's partner number one who would like to go on dates with people but can't until partner number two also has a date lined up partner. Number two finally lines up a date and then partner number one is now scrambling, you know, especially if they're the one who's more excited about trying non-monogamy or they're more the one leading this in the relationship that now they're scrambling to try to find somebody to go out with because they want their partner to be able to go out (laughs) and do this. Uh, And now they're having this problem of not being able to make plans with anyone in advance. Mm -hmm and then having to scramble to try to find someone who's free
1: um we talked about this in an earlier episode of wanting something just for the sake of wanting it not like wanting what you don't really want yeah um but i know jace when you and i started our non-monogamous journey together that you started dating someone not obviously it wasn't like a huge intense relationship, but you definitely mm-hmm. went on more dates with this person while I was just kind of scrambling to try to find someone, anyone. And so I was going on a lot of like miniature dates with right. various people. Um, but it, yeah, that was, I think me trying to cope with the fact that you had a, a more serious relationship just almost instantaneously. And I was just trying to find something, anything to, to try to take the edge off.
0: Yeah. Of and you. This- Getting over, into
1: a more serious relationship.
0: Right. And over time in relationships, it can, it can ebb and flow and go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. That there have been times where, you know, whatever it is, it could be that, oh, well, I'm envious because my partner has more serious relationships and I can't seem to find anyone to be serious with and they're only casual or the other way around of, man, my partner's getting to go on all these fun, casual dates and hooking up with people, and I wish I could do that, but my time is stretched so thin now with all the people I'm dating who are more serious relationships, or maybe I just can't find a date at all. There's so many different ways this can look, but that it's okay for things to not be equal all the time.
2: And I do want to address, for people who are in that situation where maybe you want relationships to be more casual and your partner wants them to be more serious, more long-term, more emotionally invested... If you guys have an opportunity to try out your partner's dating style, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, Mm -hmm. organically, if that opportunity organically arises, you have the opportunity to go on a date that might be more casual or have a casual hookup um, when you don't normally pursue that. Or if you're the person who normally has casual relationships and you find yourself developing feelings for somebody, let yourself explore that. Because I've seen a Mm -hmm. lot of couples in particular where once they kind of (laughs) Uh, you know, get to walk a mile in their partner's shoes, as it were, <laughs>
1: uh-huh. then
2: that's the aha moment of like, oh, now I see why this is appealing to my partner. Oh, and now I see why, you know, even though my partner has casual sex, that it doesn't change how they feel about me, things like that. Um, right. But the important part there is that it is an organic opportunity that you guys aren't trying to force each other to date in a different style than you want. So as in, if you think that You know, if you get more joy out of casual relationships, that you're not forcing your partner to only have casual relationships or vice versa. Um, Because just because you don't particularly like maybe casual sex, let's say, Mm -hmm. or just because you don't want to pursue that, it doesn't mean that it is a bad thing. It doesn't mean that having casual sex or having more serious relationships are objectively a bad thing. It's just that the two of you get your itches scratched in different ways. <laughs> right. And we all got on into this to kind
1: of have different people give us different needs that we may want. Mm-hmm. And potentially your partner doesn't want that thing, but that doesn't mean that they can't get their needs from met from someone else. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah definitely. definitely. Should we move along to the next one?
1: Yeah, let's move yeah. on to the next yeah. one. Yeah.
2: So the next one that comes up a lot is this agreement that if you're gonna have sex with somebody new all three of us need to have sex together first before you can go have sex with that person independently. This can be, or connect- even
1: if you're mm-hmm. if you're dating that person together before either of the people have sex with that person alone. That yeah, you have to everyone have sex has sex to together. have sex together.
2: Right. And exactly, this, this crops up in a number of scenarios. It crops up often, obviously, in unicorn hunting scenarios where mm-hmm. a couple is trying to find a hot buy babe to be the third in their relationship, and usually they're not very comfortable with either half of the couple having a relationship independently with this third. It can come up with couples who are just opening up, and the idea of one partner having independent sex with somebody is too scary, and they think, well, Mm -hmm. if it's all of us having sex together, maybe it'll feel better. Um, This comes up a lot.
0: And I've, I've also, I do want to say that I've seen this come up not only in the, the unicorn hunting sort of situation. I've also seen this happen with, uh, for example, a couple where the, if it's a heterosexual couple and the female wants to date another guy, that still her husband or whoever this primary partner is might say, no, well, we still all need to have this threesome first, mm-hmm. even oh. if he doesn't want to interact with that guy sexually, mm-hmm. but that it's still there's something about kind of controlling that. Or it's
1: giving like context, I guess, for how that person would act outside of the threesome situation.
0: Right. So there's a few different causes of this when we were discussing this earlier, that there's this fear of being left out, Mm -hmm. which can happen. But I think actually something that is a little trickier to identify that can happen is that there's this this fear that your partner might be having better sex Without you hmm. or well, it's fear of loss of control right well, and I, I think that this one though like for a lot of people it's this fear of you know my partner having some kind of experiences that I'm not getting to have mm-hmm. and that somehow by having sex together I'll get to have those two, or I'll know yeah. what kinds of other sex they're having or there, there's different ways this can look. Mm-hmm but I feel like that's another root cause that can sometimes get overlooked.
2: Mm -hmm. So the litmus test that I always give Mm -hmm. my clients, and we've addressed this earlier on the podcast as well, is that if you, so if you and your partner have this kind of agreement that you're going to have sex with a new person first before anybody can have sex with them independently, if you imagine your partner having sex with this new person independently and you just cannot stand it, like that drives you crazy. Um, you're probably not ready to go past the threesome stage with having an open mm-hmm. relationship where it's independent and autonomous. And you know that's where a lot of triads fall apart because usually it's an established couple adding a third and independent relationships are not allowed to form. And related to that, we want to make it clear that we're not shaming having threesomes and we're not shaming seeking a partner mm-hmm. to have a threesome mm-hmm. with you and your partner. Like that's totally okay. However, if what you want is just threesomes or regular threesomes, you know, go after that. Maybe mm-hmm. don't go for specifically polyamory. Maybe don't go for oh, we're going to have a triad, or don't go for we're going to have independent dating lives because you maybe aren't ready for it.
0: Or it yeah. might just not be what you want. Yeah, it might not even be a question of being ready for something. That just, if you're really honest with yourselves, you might just want. More of a swinging kind of experience or going to play parties or just finding people to have, you know, friends who want to have casual threesomes. And that's fine Mm -hmm. if that is what you want. What's not fine is giving someone the impression that they're getting into a relationship with you, which is just going to
1: dumped later on. (laughs)
0: Right. Which or being blamed for the problems in the relationship or feel like they're being blamed for it, even if you don't think you are, Mm -hmm. because they're the one who's come in. And now you're putting all these things in place to control the types of experiences they can have with the people they're dating, who happens to be the two of you. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, So can we turn up the heat a little bit?
0: Yes. 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 What I mean by that. Dedeker and I are in Singapore right now where it is very hot and humid every day. So, no, please don't. It's been pretty nice here in LA, gotta say. But
2: I mean, can I I turn up the heat of controversy a little bit mm, in these agreements? Sure. I
0: think here we would say controversy.
2: Really? I I don't. (laughs) What? Sorry, please go on. Please go go on. Emily, do you want to tackle this one?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so. The idea that someone has to call or text or get approval before a date gets sexual. Um, or or even just, I need to meet this person before you can date them, or I need to meet this person before you can sleep with them. Creating, again, this sort of illusion of control. Like, I'm going to meet that person or get to know them so that I know what you're getting into. And so I don't have to be so scared about it.
0: Yeah. And this one I think is really tricky because on the surface it sounds good, right? Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about the importance of being able to meet your your metamor and you know, that that it's kind of a red flag if you have a partner who will not meet your other partners. That is something to that would raise some concerns.
2: It's also tricky sure. because we also talk about the importance of being honest and keeping all your partners in the loop as to mm-hmm. what's going on. You know, that if you do get sexual with somebody, that is somebody new, right. that isn't something that you should hide or not talk about or omit. Of course. that It's important to be upfront about all of that now the but there's a
1: big difference between that and having to actually meet this person before anything potentially sexual occurs
0: right uh similarly even just needing to call or text or check in or, or even get permission before a date yeah. gets sexual right so in the middle of our date i have to stop call or text <laughs> and make sure that they're you know, that my partner is by their phone and that they respond to this.
2: And just as a side note, Mm -hmm. um, I think doing this for logistics is fine. As in, if it's looking like this date, it might get sexual and you're planning on spending the night. I think it's fine to reach out and be like, Hey, I'm probably not going to come home tonight. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, that's totally fine. But if, but having an agreement where there's kind of this stop gap, where you have to take yourself out of the date, check in with your other partner, get the yes or no, and then you can proceed <laughs> or not, right. that's really problematic.
1: Yeah, it's a different implication there, for sure.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, so the other part of this, which is something that's come up a lot in our discussions about rules and agreements in general, is that part of this, too, is, aside from the fact that it's putting up a barrier on another relationship, which is which is something that can cause problems later on or can be used to be manipulative, even unintentionally. But on top of that, there's also this element of making a rule that's very specific about following a certain protocol that are the rules which are most prone to...
2: Being bent, people being trying to
0: find ways around Finding them, the or trying home. to find ways to bend them, trying to find the loophole. Mm, there was yeah. a a recent kimchi cuddles comic that uh, you know was passed around in our group, and that we were talking about, where the section on coercive agreements was the term that she used, in that one was you have to text me before anything gets sexual on a date. And the person responding says, okay, great. I'll be sure to try and find a loophole to that as soon as I can. (laughs) Uh, Oh God. That I do think that there's something to, well, to use Dedeker's example, the difference between just out of a courtesy, I'm going to check in with my partner or maybe they could even request and say, hey, if you are going to spend the night, just let me know so I don't stay up or so I know I can or watch the really or violent or... movies tonight that you don't want to watch. Or, right. That would
2: surprisingly dark. No, I
0: know a lot of couples that are like that. It's, oh, you know, I've one seen. doesn't like the super violent John Woo movies or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, well, I get to watch them when you're out.
1: <sighs> it's uh, time for audition.
0: God, please never. Okay. I'm going to take us
2: past this. Well, hold
0: on. I I want to finish my thought, but just that there is that difference between you're doing something out of a courtesy for your partner versus doing something because it's a rule. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big difference because one is that the rule tends to encourage finding this way around it. If it's uncomfortable or if it's inconvenient. And then on top of that, if you don't, if someone asks you to do something and you don't do it, the response is a little more civil. It's, hey, I, I really wanted to know earlier than that, that you weren't going to come home. And it can be a discussion of, sorry, I I didn't really know yet. I wasn't sure how it was going to go. Or, yeah, you're right. My mistake. I'm, I'm sorry. As y'all. opposed
1: to breaking an agreement.
0: As opposed to you broke an agreement. You broke a mm-hmm. rule. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that. Might seem like a, somal, somal. a
2: small, small yes. small
0: might seem like a small semantic difference but there's actually a big world of difference in how that actually plays out in a lot of relationships
2: mm. yeah. so various things can motivate these kind of agreements it could be one partner is just afraid of being out of the loop or afraid of being surprised that's one that's come up for me personally a lot is Mm. feeling like if i know ahead of time what's going to happen then everything's going to be great if i just know the plan if i know everything that's going to happen if i just know all the details then nothing will surprise me and And then i won't be hurt and i won't be hurt which is complete bullshit because you can still be hurt whether it was a surprise to you or not Mm. you know whether you gave approval or not it can still feel weird to you for me, I've had to make peace with if I have a partner who's out on a date and I'm really curious about what's going on and I'm, I don't know if it's going to be sexual or not and I'm trying to evaluate how do I feel about that. Uh, I pulled from a meditation technique about um, actually resting and finding relaxation in the state of not knowing something like this idea of just not having to carry that knowledge and not having to worry about it. Um, that has allowed me to be able to take a step back and be like, you know what? It's fine. Whatever happens is going to happen. We'll talk about it afterwards. I'll know eventually and mm-hmm. it'll be cool. It'll be fine. So that's how I have that's been great. able to come terms to this in the past.
0: I've also found that as an approach to going on dates to go in with this sense of, I don't have to have an agenda for how this is going to go. I'm not going to be disappointed if it goes one way or another. I mean, yeah, maybe I will. I don't know how I'm going to feel, But not going in with, oh, I really need to be sure I'm doing the right things to get this outcome. Uh, And so if both partners in this relationship that we're talking about here that has these agreements can embrace that, well, I don't know. I will know, and it's going to be okay, that that can help take away the need for this kind of rule.
1: Yeah, I mean, you fell in love with this person when they were a complete unknown Hmm. And so just kind of putting the power back in their hands and saying, like, I don't own this human being now just because we're together. They I don't have to know their every single move. Instead, they can be an autonomous person. And that means they can do their own thing right now. And that's going to be okay. And I will be able to live with that
2: right yeah and that is a tough thing which we could do an entire episode on but Mm, just adjusting to your partner being an independent human being is a big Mm. hurdle for some people and you know making independent choices
0: and I, I do find like Emily said it's really helpful to just remember well when I fell in love with this person they were that they were something I didn't know everything about I didn't know everything they were doing I didn't feel like I needed to be their parent or control them or give them permission to do things and I I find that when you shift your thinking to that, it can actually make the experience instead of being, oh, I'm scary, I'm, I'm losing control, to an exciting That's opportunity yeah. to, to, to to fall in love with that person again, to have that excitement that you had with that person when you were first meeting, mm-hmm. uh, instead of being their parent, which I feel like is how which this is feels. Not, which is not right? sexy. Like, I need to meet them before they take you out and make sure that... <laughs> Yeah, everything's no, that, good.
2: <laughs> yeah, Make, sure so that's and... <laughs> Make sure his shoes are shined. Make sure his <laughs> shoes are shined. Good lord. Is that you being like a dad? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think
0: so. Good lord. Cheers. Okay. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also
2: That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I, at AdamandEve.com, AdamMail.com, or Eve'sToys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Okay, back into it. Yeah. I'm going to turn up the heat again. Again? Heat. Again. It's so hot in here. It's so hot in here. I'm already um, starting to wilt. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) I think this one's going to be divisive.
0: Okay. But I agree.
2: Agreement that I see all the time is that you need to get tested. Your new partner needs to get tested. And ideally, even their partners need to get tested before anybody can have any kind of sexual contact.
0: And let me just add to this. Something I've heard a lot of people express in discussion groups and things online is not only that, but... They have to have not had sex with any other new partners who haven't been tested within the last 30 days or three months or whatever the requirement is, because, oh, well, some STIs can be dormant and aren't detectable for the first few months. But putting these very strict requirements on other people's checking in on their sexual safety... And this can look a few different ways, like we're saying.
2: And of course, the reason why this is controversial is because, Mm -hmm. of course, sexual health and safety is super important. Yes. We can't stress that enough. And I don't want anyone to interpret us as saying that you can be sexually cavalier, Mm -hmm. that you don't need to be safe, that you don't need to use any kind of protection, that you don't need to get tested. We're definitely not saying that. However, because of the fact that no one can argue that, often people will hide behind that and requiring people to jump through a whole bunch of hoops is actually a way of controlling and limiting the amount of freedom that their partner has as far as sexually exploring with other people.
0: Mm-hmm. That it it is, again, something that's come up in a lot of these is one relationship kind of exerting control or How limiting another on? relationship. And that is, this is one way that that can look. Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the ways in which the two of you tend to sort of take that possibility out of the equation is that you just use condoms with every single person. So you're only, you're just making sure that you yourself are protected.
2: Well, but the important thing there is that that is not an agreement that Jace and I made with each other. Mm -hmm. Those are individual, I guess, boundaries that we just made for ourselves. As in like, I've made the personal decision to use condoms with everybody. That includes Jace. That includes literally everybody I use condoms with. Um, And if I'm feeling unsafe, if I'm feeling something's risky, then I make the choice on how I'm going to protect myself. I make the choice to be like, okay, actually, I want to use protection for these different sexual acts. Or I want to avoid these sexual acts in order to make me feel safe. And it's the same thing with Jace as well, is that he has made the choice... To use condoms with everybody. And that's the important thing here is that what usually happens is that there will be one relationship where people have decided to fluid bond. Mm
0: -hmm. And of course,
2: this is common that if a couple was monogamous before, usually that means that they're not using any kind of protection. And so Except that, maybe birth control. And, yeah, and they don't want birth to change control, that. Yeah. You know, they don't want to change that. And so that means everybody else has to take care of their safety. And right. that's, that's the important thing that here. That now
0: your partners are my problem.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, and the thing that I always try to tell people to empower them, not to be judgy or, or lecturery, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is that you always have the power to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you always have that decision making power to protect yourself. I don't care what it is that your partner wants. I don't care what it is that their partner's partner wants. Like, you have the ability to protect yourself. And so that's why I always find it so ridiculous when people freak out about, well, my partner's partner's partner uh, once had an STD six months ago. And, mm. and, and like, I, everybody needs to get tested and everybody needs to wear a hazmat suit because I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> basically mm-hmm. is what happens. And when we were right. planning this episode... Again, this, this is episode, based on
0: that assumption where they are then fluid bonded with their partner. Yeah. So they feel like anything that might happen to their partner is yeah. going to happen and, to them. And, and that's where I the problem comes As I said earlier,
2: about. is that it's just as ridiculous if you were like, well, I don't want to have to wear a seatbelt because seatbelts bother me. Seatbelts are annoying. So everyone else needs to drive safer. And make sure that they don't hit me or hurt me. You know, like that, like we would think that's ridiculous, right? We would tell that person like, no, wear a freaking seatbelt. Just do it. Um, Because you can't control the behavior of everybody else.
0: All right. This last one is another one that we see a lot. Um, I've definitely run into a number of people I've gone on dates with who've had some variation on this. And that is that their primary partner requires either a certain number of nights or a certain ratio of nights in the week to just have with themselves uh you know for that for that primary relationship
2: as in i come to you and i say we need to spend a minimum of 5 nights together right if you're going to be dating somebody else
0: right so you can date other people but i need 5 nights or mm-hmm. i need 4 nights and or, or
2: yeah. what it often boils down to is i need more than whatever the other person is getting sure <laughs> this is really honestly what often happens
0: yes and this can also look like uh, I mean some people it's even more extreme I actually see this a lot too where it's um, you can date other people and you can have sex with them but you always have to come home and sleep with me in bed Mm. Uh, it's almost we almost skipped over that because it's just that's very limiting to another relationship and shows that maybe again as Dedeker was saying with her other question you might not be ready to make that kind of choice uh, Mm -hmm. to to have relationships like that if you're going to be that restrictive of them
2: so I, th- I see this come up a lot. People make this argument of, well, but I like having a lot of time with my partner. If my partner is then splitting up that time with somebody else, how am I going to get my needs for time met? Um, mm-hmm. or, or sometimes it can even be, actually, I'm happy with the amount of time that my partner spends with me. But the idea of him spending time with somebody else or or somebody else even approaching that amount of time, that makes me unhappy. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I, I feel like I need more time because I need to monopolize it or I just need to have more.
1: I uh, Yeah, I mean, that gets into the whole I want something. I think that I want something that I don't actually want, mm. which is, again, I mean... You can have a lot of nights with a partner, but they're not all necessarily going to be spent doing something really incredible or amazing. They may just be sort of everyday interaction. And so I think, again, the important thing is to, I guess, have dates with your primary or with the person that you live with or your nesting partner or whomever, as opposed to just saying, like, I need this specific time And that's the end of it. Or I need more time. But instead create quality time with that person.
2: Yeah, and this can definitely apply whether you're in a primary secondary hierarchy or whether you live with somebody or not, that often it boils down to the existing relationship feeling like, well, maybe you do spend most of your time with me, but but the one night a week that you spend with this new partner is all romantic date time or yeah. playful sexy time and our time is Netflix and chill and well, Not in. even
0: not even chill, just Netflix
2: Netflix and sleep. And so anybody who starts feeling sticky about time, first of all, I ask them to examine first of all, determine, you know, is quality time, your love language? Is that why this is so important to you? Or is this a a situation where it's, you know, I want what I don't want, like we covered on an earlier podcast episode. But again, to bring it back to the focus of the quality time, rather than counting up the hours, counting up the days, counting up the nights, you know, are you getting the quality of time together that you want? Because usually that's what the actual crux of the issue is. It's not that I just need more of your time. It's I just need better time with you. I need to make sure that Maybe at least one night a week we have a date night also or or whatever, or at least occasionally enough for, to make me also feel loved and and special.
1: Yeah, Josh and I um, created this Saturday thing where I, I used to work brunch. Both Saturday and Sunday, and his only two days off of work each week were Saturday and Sunday. So we never had a completely full day together. So I'm taking Saturdays off now. And it's wonderful because we do get an entirely, you know, specific one day for us where all that we do is go on like a Saturday adventure or something or make a specific date for the two of us. And it definitely is, um, I, I see a great change in that, just that there is this specific time set aside. That um, is more special Mm -hmm. and makes each of us feel more special and the relationship and more loved and wanted. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. And that if something comes up, like having to travel for work or something, then you can change it. But at least you have something there to ensure that you're getting that quality time together. Absolutely. I would also want to just follow up with what Dedeker was saying, that it's sometimes quality time can become this kind of general term. I think this can also be really helpful to think about what is the quality of time that you want. For example, it could be that, you know, we want to have more time dedicated to sexy times, or maybe it is more times dedicated to romance and dating, or it's doing new things together. Uh, Cause you heard about that in our science of happy relationships that doing new stuff together uh-huh. <laughs> makes you happier creating uh, but,
1: memories but it's
0: not just quality time as a general concept but what kinds of qualities do you want from this time so that you don't feel so threatened by anyone else getting some sort of quality time
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah well so as we said this is far from a comprehensive list of yes. agreement pitfalls or mm-hmm. coercive agreements or agreements that Seem nice on the outside, but actually can cause trouble in the long run. We definitely want to dig into those more in future episodes. And Jace looks like he wants to say something.
0: Well, there's just, I know there's plenty of people out there who are probably going to disagree with a lot of these too. Yeah. And you will very likely find advice from other people that might directly contradict some of this. Uh, Because we wanted to really get into some of the stuff that, you know, that we've really looked at a lot and and thought about these things and seen some stuff that is different from the advice that we got when we were starting out. Mm -hmm. It was different from the things that each of us did in our first poly relationships.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, we're bringing it home now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you would like to have your question or comment played on the show, then you can call us at six seven eight. M-U-L-T-I-0-5 for our international listeners you can reach out to us on our Facebook page and leave an audio message and I think we're about coming up on time to do another Multiamory Answers Your Questions show
0: yeah we might do one of those yeah, pretty soon yeah. 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 so, so call, call, in now. Yeah,
2: call in now call in now, leave your questions you can also email us if you call us. in the
0: next 20 minutes we'll throw in a free ShamWow <laughs>
2: A multi-amory ShamWow. what the fuck is a ShamWow again what
0: just go watch some late night TV go, yeah and you'll no see it.
2: go watch some YouTube memes <laughs> from 10 years ago Sham- anyway um, okay. I'll you, look can, it up. you can also email us at info at multiamory.com you can send us a message on Twitter on Facebook or Instagram to support our show and to join our private Facebook community you can go to patreon.com slash multiamory
0: multi is created and produced by Emily Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is birthday boy Will McMillan. And Woo! our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP.